you know, get up and just you're not new no more. You're you're a professional now. Yeah, I was telling oh, him, yeah. I was telling him the first time I was here. I was so stiff, and like, uh, my brother-in-law immediately after he watched it, he says, oh, "Man, you did a really good job being a robot there. That it wasn't even like you." <laughs> I said, "Well, I was in full interview mode and eye contact and professionalism because it was my business." But what? I said this time. I think I got up and gave Diana a hug, and I was, like, drenched in sweat. I was so nervous. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, after the, everything was off, I was like, oh, gee, It's normal. Yeah, I yeah. think I was a little overwhelmed, but I want to do a good <laughs> job. So, yeah, Rick? <clears throat> yes. Everyone has a unique gift, and Mike, the creator of the One Life Podcast, believes most people don't know how to use their gifts or what they are. Mike wants you to see things from a different perspective and be true to yourself. The One Life Podcast unites the world through art, fashion, music, and film. It inspires, motivates, and creates positive energy, love, and compassion to all communities and creates an equal playing field for all. On the One Life Podcast, they cover topics like building relationships, overcoming adversity, Habits of healthy people oh, yes, yes, and yes, much, yes, much yes, more. Yes. We only have one life to live. Be yourself uh, yes. and live <laughs> your truth. Add the One Life Sorry. Podcast but, uh, to your playlist. So, That's the number uh, one in E Life. Available on, on Spotify, Amazon oh Music, okay. Apple so Podcasts, and your favorite podcast platform. Show, uh, oh, gotta start show. Okay. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike MIC Reed. And today we got uh, Jacqueline Diaz and Chris Summers in the buildings with us, and we're going to talk a little bit more about suicide awareness. But first, I want to give some shout out and some love to the people in the AV. First of all, I want to thank, uh, not thank, but I want to shout out Jonathan over at the New King Bar uh, Karaoke every Monday night. It's official, you guys. He's over at the King Bar every Monday night from 9 p.m. until closing. And also, Minchie's Cheesecakes over there in Palmdale. I don't know if you guys had yeah. Minchie's. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge cheesecake lover. And they got this new uh, Berlay style that they're doing on the, with their cheat cake. I had one yesterday and it was super amazing. I can't believe it. I have to try that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to get me. I have to drive to Pondo every day now just to get a cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> but also, we got a couple of grand openings. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Darlene over at Trevino Law Yay. for opening up her new building. Congratulations on that. But she has a grand opening coming on December 1st. So you guys check that out. Uh, hit her up on IG at Trevino.law. And also, Solistic by the Modern Tea Room has their grand opening on 11-11-22. So check them out also on uh, IG at Solistic AV. All right, this episode is brought to you by Money Market Business Solutions, where they help you with your business startup assistance and management solutions. Reach out to them at moneymarketbusinesssolutions.com. All right, so we're just going to jump into this. We're just going to jump into this. How are you guys doing today? Thank you guys for joining us today. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having us here. Jack, I know you're not nervous. No. <laughs> okay, I'm a lot more relaxed than last time. Yeah. So, you know, like I was just talking uh, just a minute ago, um, the reason why I brought both of you guys on it, because this is how I know, and I'm, I'm very honored and kind of flattered that people actually do watch, the, listen to the show. <laughs> but after our last show, Jackie, um, like I was just telling you, um, Chris, who's a very supporter, great supporter, and that's why I have my tap truck shirt on. It's good know? on you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for the shirt again. But after the last show um, that we did with you, Jacqueline, uh, Chris reached out to me and they kind of um, expressed how his uh, uncle uh, died by suicide. And he said if he ever wanted to, uh, if I ever wanted him on the show and talk about it, like, you know, he was willing to do that. 
And I immediately thought about you, and I told you that I wanted you on once a month, and we're definitely going to do that. So this is your second time back on the show. So thank you. Thank you guys for both being here. And uh, let's just talk about uh, suicide awareness and, you know, bring more awareness to this conversation because these are conversations that we definitely need to have on a regular basis. So agreed. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, first and foremost. And Jacqueline, for your podcast you put on, that was awesome. And I I knew that I had to listen through it multiple times just to get everything. And uh, when I reached out to Mike, I said, you know, it would be a good thing to talk about be the the survivors like yourself. And, you know, the I called it the the ripple effect of Mm -hmm. loved ones that have died by suicide and uh, the impact that's, you know, left behind, per se, for lack of a better term. And... uh, it the struggle with that and the emotional roller coaster you go through with that and how to feel like the the culture it's such a negative you know and, and including myself until I was exposed to it had no idea and uh, I think bringing things to light making it a topic of conversation and uh, with first responders as well you know there's there is avenues you know you you do matter and it's it, even if it's something that's being thought about or you've thought the how, the when, and time, and don't, don't, because it's, the people do care. Even if you, the darkest times, people care. So right. I wanted to make sure to come on and if it, if it helps one person, it matters. No, absolutely, 100%. And um, first of all, I, w- I want to jump back into something real quick. Your walk yes. that you had. Cause I don't want to forget about that. That was very successful in my eyes. I was there. I was a part of it. I love the fact that you did it. A lot of people that was there that showed up. Tell us about it. I mean, what, what was your experience about it? How did you feel? Oh, my gosh. I feel really uh, accomplished, you know, that um, we finally did it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a beautiful day. It was yes, sunny, it was. With not even wind. And a lot of people, uh, more than I expected, um, showed up. So, and um, AV Chambers, too, they did a ribbon cutting. Yes. And um, a couple of representatives, too, went. And it was just amazing. Um, it was a day full of hope and love and people, of course, you know, honoring the loved ones. And just the walk itself of seeing everybody, the community together mm-hmm. to, you know, um make a priority to be there that day it, it, it was amazing for right. me so thank you so much for your support and it, it was uh i can't wait until next year so right no, i can't wait mm-hmm. you know what i'm gonna be honest with you i can't <laughs> wait either because i showed up at the event right and um normally on saturdays i coach a, a disabled youth soccer league in valencia and saturdays are my, my games and um but i said i gotta go to her event i gotta at least show up and like show the support for the the initial not the initial walk but the start of the walk so i actually went there and i did watch the ribbon cutting and everything and then you guys went on a walk and then i was talking to um ron schaefer from the sheriff's department and i and i had to leave because i mind you i still had to go play soccer earlier in the morning so i was just about to leave then all of a sudden you guys came back around the corner and i was like that was it. Like the walk, I, the walk was so was short. I thought I, I thought because I'd never been to a walk before. Cause, so I thought it was going to be because I know the time was like seven, eight in the morning to like one or something. I thought you guys would be walking the whole time. <laughs> so that's why I didn't go on the walk like I was there, but I didn't walk. So when they came back around the corner, like 20 minutes later, I was like, oh, that yeah, was it. It's, and yeah. I was like, oh, I wish I would have walked. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the the city was you know at the beginning because the mm. first time. So hopefully next next year we'll look into see a longer one. Longer one, okay. Yeah, because uh, I did hear that that it was a little short. Yeah, but it's just testing the waters, you right. know. No, it, but it was, it was great though. It was, it was yeah. a great turnout. Um, like I said, I've never been to a walk before, so I, I'm not sure. Is there a rule of thumb of how long you're supposed to walk or? Mm. I, 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 was, I had FOMO, Jacqueline, that uh, once again, I missed it because I was putting probably too much on my plate like right. everybody that's busy. But uh, when I heard it on the podcast, I was like, oh, I need to be there. But, right. but both of my trucks had commitments, so I was like, well, I have to, maybe I could squeeze it in. And I tried mm. to get everything ready the day before, and I just not enough time in the day. And I was like, I'm, I'm not missing it next year. So unfortunately, right. everyone... Tap Truck 661 is committed on those dates, so we're not going to be booking, so we can show up and show our support. Right, absolutely. Oh, thank you. And you had a lot of vendors that showed up. Like, oh, I yeah. Uh, nonprofits, a lot of, uh, I reached out to a couple of them, and then we, within them, they were uh, um, sharing the walk, mm -hmm. so I, I got a lot of response, and it was perfect. Like, right. everybody that needed to be there, and I got a lot of compliments on that. The community they have, didn't have an idea of how many resources right. and help is out there mm. sometimes we don't know you know locally what we have right so that that helped no yeah definitely and i, I like i said i was very shocked and, and i was happy that so many people came out to support and it was a, just a, a beautiful day like, it was a great day for it so congrats on that yeah. i can't wait to next year are you, are you have you started planning next year already yes yeah well we just have to set the date mm. we don't know about the date yet but um we're gonna uh, set the day next week and then start the process and work on things that we want to improve, you know, like the, mm -hmm. the timing. Usually it's like um, I seen walks from two miles to five miles. Mm -hmm. uh, ours was like a mile or so. So just the venue, like see what the city can do for us right. or, you know, how we can make it maybe two miles, two and a half miles. Mm -hmm. So it's a little longer. Yeah. But yeah, it was like 20 minutes. Yeah, mm -hmm. 20 minutes. So I definitely, because uh, you know I'm a part of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Yes. I'm a director over there, so definitely I'm, I'm putting us out there. So definitely uh, include us in that because yeah. we. I was talking to Mark um, last week about it um, at one of our meetings, and um, I told him next year we definitely got to be a part of that. Okay, yeah, I did reach to Sylvia, but yeah. I think it just wasn't working on the time frame. Yeah, time, yeah. So hopefully next next but year you guys. I told them. I told Mark. Okay. That your walk is a priority for us. We definitely got to be there, especially for events like that. Like, there's no way we should not be there. Okay. Thank so you. I appreciate it. We're going to definitely be there. Thank you. And <laughs> nice to meet you, Chris. Thank you so much for reaching out. I know the first supporters have a high number on suicide also. And um, it's something, like you said, like, it's happening, but we're not talking about it. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a tough thing in, in culture generally and in first responder culture the duty and the representation of professionalism and even to your family it's not something that's talked about enough i don't i don't think and uh we we've lost co-workers we've attended uh, memorial services and it's like it's in the forefront of your mind then but then we never know what anybody's going through it's uh Life's tough mm. at times, so I tell everybody, my coworkers, you know, that know me really well, that you know, if my phone's always on for that reason. You know, if you need something, call me. I'll wake up in the middle of the night. If I don't answer, you keep calling me. You know, so right. it's just uh, 
something that I thought would be a great opportunity to, to, to discuss. And if you're feeling that way, tell somebody. And as I've been an EMT for a lot of years now, and reading the papers and doing the tests and then living it were two different things for me. Um, so I, I struggled just with the coping. So I didn't talk about it. I compartmentalized it like most things that, you know, tough guys try to do. Right. And mm-hmm. I should have talked about it. I should have sought help. I should have confided in friends and, uh, Took me a long time to mature enough, I think, because it it happened for my uncle. His name was Jeff uh, Jeffrey Scott Diamond. He committed suicide. Oh, I'm sorry, died by suicide on uh, Christmas Day, 2007. Um, apparently, he had struggled, but didn't tell anybody. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> no, you could. Okay. Yeah, um, he reached out uh, the day before, but he'd already made his mind up. So, uh, dealing with that was a struggle. Mm. It was tough. Oh yeah. No, and, you know what? We appreciate you for coming on and even just telling your story. Uh, we're gonna get more into it. I know you just need a break. It's alright though. <laughs> but you know, what? people. Um, I was just talking to Diana. Um, this morning about that we have to uh, be more vulnerable because I think when, when we hold it in and we compartmentalize it and we don't talk about it the people that are going through things they're going to do it because we're leading by example right so we, we have to be more vulnerable and that's why I kind of started this podcast and like kind of telling my story and you know I still haven't even gotten to the deep roots of my story but you know it, it's a process yeah. but you know I am open to it I am vulnerable to it and I, I am want I want to be more open to it and, and talk more about it because I feel like it is going to help somebody you know like you said earlier even if it's just one person you know because um, I want people to know that it's okay to talk about it yeah you know you, you don't have to hold it in and, and hide it you know we, we have to talk about everything you know, this, even this morning, you know, I got some bad news this morning. And I know I was in a great mood. I was in an amazing mood this morning. And it took one phone call to change that. Uh, I mean, the, the great thing about me is I've, I've been doing a lot of self-healing for the last three years. Is I kind of know how to take it now. And I know what to do. Like, I always talk about my playbook. Like, so once I got off the phone, I immediately went to my playbook and started doing things to put me in a, in a better space. And I, and I and honestly took me about 30 minutes and I was fine again. But most people, they don't do that self-healing and they, they don't have anything to, to, you know, refer to. And um, even with like watching videos, I watch a lot of motivational videos, right? And I had this conversation with somebody like two weeks ago about, because um, he was saying that they don't work for him. And, and that's fine, right? Like, you know, and he's a smart guy, like they don't work for him. But for me, it's not even about, watching the videos to motivate me it was more of just reprogramming my mind just to always have positive thoughts in my mind just good thoughts in my mind opposed to all the negative stuff you know and and one of the videos I know Steve Harvey talks about this a lot you know you you can't have you got to reprogram your mind you know because just as human nature is we go through a lot of things and when something happens the first thing we do is we get angry or we, we think negative about something you know so for me i watch these videos on every morning i'm either wa- listening to my worship music 
watching a motivational video or just my meditation music because I constantly just want to have these good thoughts in my head. So when something does happen, it could just bounce off of me easily and I could just go to my playbook and do certain things to put me in a better space. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if it's just the stars aligning, but us bumping into each other, your your positive mindset and aligned a lot with my personal journey with changing the way that I thought was right or how I represented myself professionally, personally, in my business life. Uh, transparency. Right. It's like you said, mm-hmm. the vulnerability is changing the norm. Um, like I, I teach an instructor for where I work and uh, not just my business, but an instructor for my, my day job. But mm-hmm. um, I try to tell the, the new, the newest members, you know, the younger next generation, you know, like with first responders, you're going to be exposed to something. Somebody probably only experiences once or twice in their life right. and you're going to get it daily. Some days weekly. And if it doesn't bother you, it should. And you should be able to talk about it. Don't do what the tough guys did before you. Right. I'll be the first one to tell you that, you know, I seek therapy. I, I had to learn that. I had to mature that. It's hard when you're young and invincible. You learn to be vulnerable later mm-hmm. with life's roller coaster, you know. So teaching these guys that if, you know, something's bothering you, my phone's on. Call me. You know, even with um, with that, you know, I went to first time I went to therapy was maybe five years ago. And uh, my therapist, the first thing that he taught me is because I used to have anger problems and I used to just hold things in. And um, I used to hit walls and stuff, you know, thinking, you know, that was OK. Right. But for me, like I thought hitting a wall, like if I was mad at you, I even told my therapist, this. I said, well, I would rather hit the wall than hit you. Mm-hmm. Like, right, that made more sense to me. And he was like, yeah, but you still verbal abuse. That's still horrible, right? Right. So, and I, you know, at the same time, I held things in. And it, all this stuff started coming out. And, he, you know, because I've been holding it in since I was a child. And he said, you know, when people typically do that, you hold things in. And at some point, it's going to come out. The longer you hold it, the bigger the explosion, right? Like a volcano. Right. So, I mean, that's what I try to teach people now is, like, don't hold things in because the longer you hold it, the bigger it's going to build up and it's the bigger the explosion because at some point in your life, it's going to come out. Right. It's, it's a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle for at least young men to to process those, those emotions mm-hmm. and, you know, that uh, – I forget the exact numbers, but for male suicide – it's you know a, a very vulnerable window from I think it's eighteen or mm-hmm. teens to mid or late twenties. Just like that transition, right. you know, mm-hmm. to be a young man to an adult, right? right? And it comes fast. Yeah. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. mom made every meal. You know, she helped with the laundry. You did. You thought you knew everything. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know shit. Exactly. And you don't know that until you spread your little baby wings. And you're figuring it out. And then the real that life smacking you in the mouth happens. Mm-hmm. And you're calling mom all the time. Or you're calling dad. Hey, I I don't know. I don't know how to make macaroni and cheese. Or, or <laughs> yeah. you have those. Yeah. You have <laughs> most, most of those men 
that they can't call mom and dad no more. They go find a girl uh-huh. and then they depend on her. Mm-hmm. So it's like they use her as the mom and the dad, right. you know. That codependency. That codependency, right. And that's and they're never getting out of it. But at some point they're gonna be by themselves and it's a it's worse. It is. And I, I see that a lot with young people, especially when I talk to parents, that they're they're not excited about um, graduating high school or, you know, because they know Stress what's next yeah. or they don't know what's next or uh, p- parents also, they, they demand a lot for the kids. And I al- always tell the parents, <clears throat> we, we always tell them, okay, go to college or what are you going to do or, you know, but we have to also let them be for a while while they figure it out mm-hmm. because, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a transition and it's the real world is there. Mm-hmm. Ready or not, it's happening and they have to maybe get more support on that and open right. the conversation. Nurture over nature in mm-hmm. that situation. Yeah. Even even with myself, and, and I know I'm talking a lot about myself today, um, <laughs> because just because of the topic of the, of the conversation, like I was my, I've been married twice. My first marriage was for like 24 <laughs> years. And um, ever since I was, I think 18 when I met my first wife, like we moved in immediately together. So I always had her, right, to always talk to at night, you know, had those pillow talks, conversations. And then even right after that marriage, I went, I jumped immediately into another one. And that lasted about 10 years. And so over the, I've been, I've been single now for three years. And a lot of my struggles is coming from that. And, and not even because I depended on parents or whatever, because I, and it's crazy, and this I think this is why I'm struggling, because I've been on my own since I was 14. So between 14 and 18, before, when I met my first wife, I was literally on my own, living in the streets, doing everything I can to survive. And even when I met my first wife, you know, I became successful in my career, but I always had her supporting me. Not supporting me, but like... I, Emotionally. Emotional yeah. support, right. Like I said, I always had those pillow talks with her, the talks at night, and I always ran things by her, right, had those conversations. Over the last three years, um, I've been, like, really struggling because I, I live by myself, and I don't have nobody to talk to, so it's all my decisions, right? And so some days I'll be like, dang, did I make the right decision? I question myself a lot now, and it's just I've really been struggling with it, and when things don't work out, like, I really get down on myself. Like, it's depressing to me because I don't like to fail. So, and then I don't have her there talking to me, you know, and I don't, like I was just talking to, uh, on my last show about how I don't like reaching out to people because I don't like to bother nobody. You know, that's, that's a big problem for me because I know we all have our own things and our own struggles. And for me, I don't want to put that on nobody. Like, so I always try to figure things out myself. And I know that's not really a good way to go about it. No healthy. Yeah. Healthy. It's hard. <laughs> I know. You can reach out to me if you want. I'm working on it. I you got my phone number now, too. Yeah. No, no, I appreciate you guys. <laughs> I thank you. But no, I, I do have a couple of friends that I do talk talk to. Um, I just don't like to call them all the time. Well, you don't want to burden. Right. And that's yeah. That's something you, it's the vulnerable thing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if somebody, if you're a burden to somebody, if they truly respect you, they'll tell you, hey, man, I'm, I'm busy. Right. Can we do this this time? You know, right. I don't have time for this right yet. I got things on my plate because like we said, everybody's on their own path and life's life's coming fast. So it's it's 
respecting boundaries too, but mm-hmm. you should be able to reach out if they're truly friends, then they make the time. 100%, yeah. Yeah, and la- la- last time I gave you the crisis text line, mm-hmm. the 741-741. I mean, you can also do that if you like. I don't want to hurt myself, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my thoughts are more... Um, my thoughts are more about your decisions and stuff. Things my like decisions, that. yeah, but like I just get tired. You know what I mean? Like I just get tired sometimes, and like I always, I always tell um, Diana, um, like some days I feel like okay, if I don't wake up, I'm good. Like I'm okay with it. Well, uh, like I told you on the last time I was here, having a, a close call with it, mm-hmm. uh, I felt that way too. And then when that smacked me. With a little bit of real life, I wasn't. Mm. And uh, Chelsea, my my fiance, is gonna probably kill me for this, but <laughs> uh, she tells me I like I overload myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I I stack too much on my plate. I expect too much, mm. but I know for me, like I never, I guess, I felt that way. But doesn't mean that could change. You right. know. Life could turn rapidly for everybody. Mm-hmm. So for anybody going through that walk of feelings or emotions or overwhelmed or burdensome or just over it, I mean, COVID, COVID happened and that, that sent a lot of people where they thought they'd never be emotionally. Right. You know, so there's everybody's struggling their own struggle. So being there for coworkers, being there for family, being there, you know, and also know that when you're vulnerable, you need to reach out and bounce things off loved ones or good friends or even acquaintances. Because what I've learned in just self-educating, listening uh, to audiobooks or reading books or podcasts on survivors, family of survivors, or the surviving family of somebody who's died by suicide is they... They, I think it's, there's a percentage, I forget, but there's a great book by Beverly Cobain, who was Kurt Cobain's cousin or aunt. I forget exactly. It's been a little while since I've read that book, but especially when it's immediate family, like my uncle lived with us. He was 10 years older than me, so he wasn't really an uncle. He was more brother. Mm -hmm. Um, Went to all of his sporting events and stuff like that, and for your risk of feeling that hopelessness and you can't go on is I think up 50% just because it's so close in that first ripple that we talked about that the survivor family ripple, because in the moment, I don't think the the individuals are thinking about that specifically. They got so much going on inside and their own struggles in their own mind that they don't think about the recourse, the recourse and the ripple after. Right. You know, but the people left behind after is that's the next struggle. So if you're feeling that kind of way, if you're if it even crosses your mind or you're you've thought about the how like we talked about or the when like we talked about, call somebody. My phone number is on my business, my website. I mean if you Follow me, call me, text me. You need somebody just to listen to you. I, I know everybody tells me I love to talk, but I'm a good listener right. sometimes. 
Don't ask my, my lady. But see, I, I'm the same way. And, and real quick, because I don't, I don't, I don't want to dismiss, Jacqueline, what you just said about texting the uh, crisis outline, right? So if someone is feeling like that, but not necessarily want to hurt themselves, but just feeling like, you know what, I, I just don't want to do nothing no more. It's still, it, you can do. You can still yes. call. Like, right, so it's yeah. not just about. No, I want to hurt myself. No, and you just would like to talk to someone. Also, okay. the nine eight eight is just like you said. Sometimes maybe you don't want to call friends or anybody. So it's just to call and they find out like what's going on. How do you? What make you feel like that? So they just talk to you. Okay. And you can text. You can so that, text so that's good because so, yeah. honestly, I didn't know that, yeah. and so that's why I said I didn't want to dismiss what you it's, said. It's, it's crisis, that's right? Like, because yeah. I honestly, I, I never had a thought about hurting myself. Like, I don't even think I can actually do that, right? Because I'm the one that's always helping other people. Like, I'm always helping people. Um, that's just a passion of mine, and I know a lot of people always tell me that I gotta help myself. And, and, and I do, and that's why I said I'm, I'm on a healing journey right now. I've been on it for three years, and I know it's not going to, you know, turn over tomorrow or next week. It, it's, it's a lifetime journey, so I know, it's, and I have patience, so I know it's going to take time. But, I, again, I, I didn't want to dismiss what you just said um, because I did not know that. So if anybody just, just needs to eat and need to talk. Yeah, like, or you can also, like, if you have a friend, like, you can also text them and say, oh, my friend is going through this. Mm-hmm. How can I help my friend? And they give you kind of... Um, topics or uh, words how to keep the conversation going mm-hmm. and how to get to the point and help for for your friends so yeah it's it's for anything okay. it's just so you you don't feel alone and you right. can just have somewhere mm-hmm. you know to talk and um chris thank you i admire you for because as as a guy you know um the society like the culture uh we have it that men supposed to be the protector and the strong one in the relationship, but I think it's um, it has to be equal, you know, women mm-hmm. and men. That we all have feelings. I mean, it's okay if they if you guys cry. I mean, it's I I hope that this um, COVID, like you said too, that kind of like open up more people to share their emotions and to feel okay to cry or to share however they're feeling Uh, because it's time because men are dying more than girls you know and suicide and girls attempt more but guys usually you know die more than girls well yeah because it's the whole misconception where like you're saying like that age around you know, 17, 18, you know, we're, we're taught to be strong and mm-hmm. being a protector and just being a man, like shake it off. A provider. Like, yeah, yeah, like we're, we're taught that as a young age, you know, and, and I think, I don't, I think it's wrong. I mean, yeah. because then we put that statement in their minds and to where now when they need to talk, they're not going to open up and talk to nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, girls, in today's society, you're expected of the same. You're you're no longer, um, how do I say it? But you're not. I don't want to dismiss what she's saying with girls feeling the same way to be successful and have the same pressures to oh, succeed. Yeah. And girls attempt it at a lesser rate, but they try more times. From what I've read, guys unfortunately succeed more often. Mm-hmm. Mm. If that's not even the right word I'd like to use, but lack of a better right. term. But they they feel the same things they do, and the nurture, like we talked about her. And I think if somebody had like the opportunity, you know, my 
uncle did it in 2007 and cell phones and texting were all coming and it's a great thing to have Google. Like those are like if you don't know all of the things that Jacqueline's provided on the previous podcast and the text line and the phone numbers, Google it. Right. You know, if you're feeling a way, there's there's people, there's systems out there, there's programs, there's a, a long list of options. Mm. So don't feel like it's a burden. You're not going to inconvenience anybody. It's there for that reason. Everybody is going through their own struggle at a different time. So follow through, you know, mm. like get the right opportunity and text. If you don't feel comfortable calling, that's a great channel, mm. you know, and, and I, to go back to what you're saying with making sure you take care of yourself, I explained to the young first responders, it's, you can't be a part of the solution if you're also a part of a problem. Right. So if you're struggling yourself when somebody else loads more onto your plate, you already, you know, at your tipping point or your class is full per se, if you haven't dealt with or sought after the help or attempted to find somebody to have listened to you, then that could also become more of a burden inside of you you're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. Like boundaries too. Boundaries, it goes with self-care. You Mm -hmm. know, that's something I just started doing this year for me for, you know, start saying no and respecting your time. You know, for work, I, I do notary public, so sometimes they want me to go far away and I start saying no to those because mm-hmm. it was taking time away from my family. Right. So then, you know, no, I want to be with my family. So I s- started doing that, and it feels good. At first, you feel guilty right. when you're not used to it, but then you, you you know you start feeling good that you're putting your time and your boundaries and self care in a way. Now you know, and you're right. And, and I had to recently do that with some friends of mine where I, I couldn't spend that much time with them because you know they was going through some things. Um, and it was two females, and um, just going back to what you were just saying about how the ladies, you know, they're they're independent nowadays, and and I'm proud of all the women that's doing all this independent stuff. Believe me, I am. But I have this one friend who she's struggling. Um, she's doing well, but I tell her all the time because I could see like it's still a struggle for her, right? And I tell her, hey, like if you need help, just call me. Like don't feel like you have to do it all by yourself. Like, I appreciate the fact that she's strong and she wants to do it on herself and she is doing it. But I can see that she's riding that thin line. And it's like, don't push yourself too far off the edge. You know, if you need help, just ask. Like, don't feel like you have to be independent. You have to be this strong woman. You know, it's great. And I, I see a lot of my female friends that they're they're doing amazing things. But don't ride that line too close because it's easy to fall off. Right. Like take time for yourself yeah. and to pause. It's okay if you have a lazy day right. during the week, you know, just do yeah. it. That's something that I definitely struggle with because the lazy days are a mental reset that you didn't even know you needed. Right. Yeah. But I struggle with the guilt of I could have been really more, a lot more productive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had 15 things I needed to get done and I finished you know, Game of Thrones. You know, right. <laughs> I, I, I should have been out there. Fixing something, doing mm-hmm. something, sending the emails, finishing up with the phone calls, following up, the text messages, straightening my books, something, preparing for the next shift, something. It's always something 
but when I have those days, I struggle with the, 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 I don't know if it's my own internal pressure or the cultural pressure that, you know, don't be, don't be lazy. You know, but well, it, it's the entrepreneur in us, you know, I mean, it, culture, it's the culture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, you know, as far as me, you know, I, I do that. I just learned to do that. Like, I think it was Friday. Um, Oh, today's Friday. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm so busy. Like I don't remember the day. Uh-huh. I think it's it was Wednesday. End and why? I think <laughs> it was, yeah. I think it was Wednesday that um, I was done with work like around one o'clock in the afternoon, and I went home and took a nap. And normally I take like an hour nap. I literally laid there till like eight o'clock at night, and then when I got up, I was I, I felt a little guilty too because I was like, dang, I could have got so much done. And then I walked in, because I have a home office as well. So I walked into my home office, and I just looked at my computer, and I said, you know what? I don't want to do nothing. And I went back to my room and watched TV. Yeah. Like, that's good. Like normalize a mental health day. Yeah. And uh, it, even in our culture, and maybe in just the United States, but it's production, production, production. You know, we don't get the European three-month, what they call holiday. Mm. We don't get that. You get, you know, some, some hours off. And if you stack them up with some days off, then... You get a little bit longer right. holiday, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's back to the grind. So mm-hmm. as soon as you know those dates are done, it's back to life. You know the bills need to be paid. Yeah, things need to get done, and making it okay to just even with your significant other who's expecting so much is if they're needing a day and be understanding of them too. Yeah, right. that's yeah. that's true. Like give each other space, space. space yeah. right? Yeah, you know, like it's like what. what the laundry the we need to vacuum why the dishes and what about the, the car what are the dogs and did we get to you know jujitsu want to, the just stacks but if they're like you know i needed a, a mental health day and you know what i respect that enjoy that you, did you want something cold to drink too right because that's what i need to do some days and i need it when it's my turn to just mm-hmm. have a mental reset and a deep breath day and just enjoy the time because mm-hmm. the the time is something that none of the money in the world can buy. So, right. and you, and you missed it, you know? So, you know, when it's the, the colder months come around, it's a little bit more enjoyable for at least me. Cause it's the, you know, the blankets, the fireplace and the, the movie nights are where I want to be. Right. So. Yeah. That's what I started doing too at work. Um, sometimes, you know, they, right now it's kind of slow, but before when it was busy, I will say, I'm taking a mental health day. And they were like, oh, okay. You know, but I wanted to start, like, for them to start listening and hearing that it's okay. It's yeah. normal to mm-hmm. say that. Because, like you said, we're not in Europe. Right. <laughs> we don't have that here. Here is more like, you, you see posts on social media about hustle. And everybody admires that. So I always say that best success for me, now that I went through all of this and we're still going through this, is peace of mind. That's something that we really don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's always success is equal money or you have to be working overtime to for people to see, oh, she's successful or he's successful. But now you can, you know, get to say no and enjoy and do the things like you said, the cold weather is here, the, you know, chocolate, drinks, mm-hmm. you know, little things. That's It's just, that's all about. Right. And, you know, like for me, I keep talking about myself. I got to stop that. It's okay. <laughs> we <laughs> it makes are. It, it makes it relatable. <laughs> no, I know, but, you know, because cause I am one of those people, right, hustler. Like I said, I've never had a nine-to-five job. 
and I've been on one since, on since I was 14. So for me, it's constantly, you know, work, work, work. Like, I'm 24-7 on a job. And like how Diane and I used to talk about is, you know, you quit your 9 to 5 to work 24-7 for yourself. And, and it is true just as an entrepreneur, right? Because if, if everything li- lies on you, and especially like for me, like my business is just solely my business. I don't have employees or anything. So if, if, if I don't do anything, then no money comes in. Nothing gets done. Right. So I'm constantly working. Like sometimes I get up, I go in my office at 11 o'clock midnight and, and I go do what I can, you know, but I am learning to uh, relax a little bit and take take uh, those days where, you know, like I don't want to do nothing like Wednesday. You know, I was like, I don't want to do nothing. Just do it tomorrow. Like I am learning to do that because before I wasn't, I was just constantly like grinding, grinding, grinding. And it wasn't about the money either because I never chased money. I never, I've always chased my passion. And for me, chasing my passion is like, I got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. You know, it's just, it was always my passion. And a lot of things I do, to be honest with you, don't feel like work. So, and that's probably one of the reasons why I don't mind, like, working till, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And and I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. Regardless of what night I had, I could be out till two, three in the morning, and I'm still getting up at five. I've had friends that spent a night at my house and they thought I was crazy because we had literally just went to sleep and they like, wow. are you, this is a true story. Your walk was on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Do you know, I literally was out Friday all night. I had a couple of people um, come to my house after the, after the party and we literally stayed up till five in the morning talking. One of my friends looked at me. She was like, don't you got to be somewhere at 7 o'clock? I said, yes. And this was at 6 o'clock. She was like, would you please lay down for an hour? She's like, please lay down for an hour, Mike, because yeah. you got to go to the walk and you got soccer. She's like, it's going to be a long day for you. And we, like, we had been up all night. I yeah. literally laid down. And it's probably, I, I think I closed my eyes for 30 minutes. But that's no good for your mental health No, either. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. But I was, I was, it was just one I of those know. nights where I was just so engaged in a great conversation like, I didn't even know, like, because it was a friend of mine, and she looked at her clock. She was like, do you realize it's 5 in the morning? And I looked outside my window. I was like, oh, yeah, the sun's coming up. Like, we, we really didn't even know it was that late. Like, we were just so engaged in yeah. a great conversation until we were like, we just didn't know. So, and, and I had to literally be at your thing, like, in two hours. So. And then like, go, did you get a nap go that day? Yeah. yeah. Huh? Did you follow it up with a nap that day? Oh, yeah. So, no, yeah. <laughs> you so, managed it? No, because, you know, what's just funny is because, like, your thing was that, Checking was at seven, seven right? Uh-huh. And then I had to be at soccer by nine. And then I had an event to go to that night, like back in Valencia. So I had to come like all the way back after soccer. I had to come all the way back here to change, whatever, and then be back in the event for that night. Um, but after soccer, I came home. I think I got home like about two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And I was supposed to change and go back out. I literally laid down and then wake up to the next morning. So oh, I missed so the event that go- night. <laughs> Well, yeah, you yeah. needed to rest. Yeah, I yes. did. And, and and it was by choice. I could have got up and went to the event, but I was I was dead tired because I had been up the whole night. So, yeah, I, 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 I know that's not healthy, but I time, did go to sleep. Time management. <laughs> <laughs> I did sleep. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's another big thing and um, that I see uh, about kids, mm-hmm. you know, um, they stay up playing the video games, that's, which is an addiction. Oh, yeah. And then they don't sleep. And that's something Eric was doing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just, oh, he's playing, you know, he's having fun. But when the sleep pattern starts like that, then, of course, it starts, you know, messing up with your mind and mm-hmm. mental health. 
Yeah. It's just some, you know, some nights, and it's, it's, I don't know if it's because I'm used to it, because back when I was um, on movie sets, like, I was only getting three, four hours of sleep. Maybe, I, maybe you're... And, you know, my body is just used to it. So, like, if I, if I try to lay down, like, at 10 o'clock at night, I'm going to be up at 2 o'clock in the morning. For a fact, like there's no way I can I, sleep for eight hours. I don't know where I heard it, but uh, I, I think that's normal as men get older. The, the sleep window is less required to mm-hmm. same same production. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's cumulative and multiple nights of doing that, you're going to end up taking more naps later. Right. So it has to eventually balance, but like that, that becomes a new norm mm-hmm. as we get older. So... I do try to take naps, like um, like on days that I'm like I, I go to I commute to LA every day, and if I if I can get back out here and I try my best every day to be back out here by one just to beat traffic. Yes, I yep. do try to take a hour power nap, and most days I can do that. Like I, I could lay down for an hour, get back up, and then I'm good, and I could be up like to recharge. Like, yeah, it's like a little recharge, and I could be up to like eleven, wow. twelve o'clock. I can never take a nap. Never. <laughs> Me either. I if, wish. I, if I lay down, like like you said, if I lay down to Late in the afternoon, I'll wake up at nine o'clock and think it's the next morning, and I'll have to scramble to get ready. What are you? What are you doing? It's nine o'clock. But I, I guess because again, like I'm used to it um, because I've been on set. Like sometimes, like remember, I, I've been in entertainment for like over thirty years. So for me, uh, when you're on a set, like you have those hour, two hour breaks, and they're not really breaks because it's just people setting up, you know, they got set up cameras. It literally, it literally takes an hour or two to set this one shot up. So if you can sneak away to your car or to your trailer or whatever and just lay down for an hour, <laughs> like a lot of people in the industry, they do that. So it's, it's easy for me to do that. Like I can crawl in a corner somewhere and just lay down for an hour and I'll be good. Like it's that recharge. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if I if I take a nap even 20 minutes, I try, I, I, can, I can get up with a headache. It's just oh, really? bad, yeah. I just so I, I don't even try. I'm just watching TV like this, <laughs> but I don't go to sleep. I just can't. Oh wow! I, but I, I wish that's good, that's good mm-hmm. that you can recharge, you know, yourself. Yeah, like I that. mean, because I have to, because like I said, only like during the night. Like I literally probably close my eyes about one in the morning, somewhere around there, and I, I'm back up at five. So I think doing it, I have, but I have to have that about power naps. Okay, well, that's good. I have to. Yeah. Or I'm dead. Like one of these days, I'm just like just gonna, and and I've had those days where I just pass out and I sleep all day, so I do do that. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do do that. But then I wake up guilty, like dang, I could have done this, I could have done that. The guilt, I know. Yeah. But I think it's just like he said, like um, society, we're programmed right to mm-hmm. be productive. Because if you're not productive, then you're lazy, right. and that's that's just all of us. I think too, as you mature. From teenager, adolescent, adult, because even the society says you're 21 and you're an adult, mm-hmm. you're a grown kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right. And what's expected of us and what we expect of ourselves changes over the next 10 years, and how we value people and how we represent our name or our brand or anything like that is what matters. But at the at the end of it, it's it's really what you did with it, you know. I keep leaning back from the mic. Sorry. No, you could be comfortable. You know, we said it. So I, w- I want to go back to something we talked about before we started the show. Um, like you were saying, your uncle um, passed away on Christmas, right? Yeah. So h- how how do you get through Christmas? 
Because that's something that, honestly, I still struggle with. My grandmother, who raised me, um, died of cancer on my birthday. So my birthdays are, like, really hard for me. And it's been 27 years. Right. Like, it's like that. you would think I'm over it by now, but it's still a constant reminder. Like, it's, all, it's that why. Mm-hmm. Like, why on my birthday? Right. Because um, you can never really speak for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's why we struggle as the survivors of it is try to understand or make sense of it because that's human nature. Right. Like, how? how? Like, the, there was no signs. There's, you know, the day before and then that's it that's all that's all we get so you, the struggle there christmases for a long time were a struggle mm-hmm. it wasn't you know and especially nowadays where christmas is shown in october you know you go into any superstore mm-hmm. and it's right, yeah. you know christmas music and yeah. it's not even you know halloween yet yeah so i think younger me struggled a lot i, I went through the grieving cycle repeatedly and I struggled with anger. Um, I wanted to fight the world because somebody had to answer. But it's the immaturities. Mm. But that hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, you talk to twenty something year old me versus thirty something year old me. My my attitudes change. My verbiage has changed. My the way I perceive things. The way I try to represent myself. The way I expect what I put into things has totally changed. Mm. So Christmas for me and my immediate family was, was really hard it it wasn't the same you know there wasn't it wasn't joyful the, you know the baking the smells the the i don't know the connection with the uh, outside the immediate family but your direct family right after that mm-hmm. was hard because they're going through their grieving and that just brought all those raw emotions back every year and they, you know, everybody that, you know, that's grieves, it's life, everybody grieves, but grieving the, I guess, the trauma of suicide is harder. Because mm-hmm. right. um, the book with uh, Beverly Cobain, oh, sorry, keep clicking the chair there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Beverly Cobain talks about it, and... Is the, it the book you're telling right before yeah, the show we're talking about? Yeah, I, I have the title here. I'm going to go get it. No, but I I had no idea she wrote a book. Yeah, and she was actually a a, a, a psychology nurse. Mm -hmm. So she thought she knew all the signs and she dealt with strangers but had no idea it was right in front of her until after. Right. Let me look up the name here real quick so I don't butcher it. It's uh, Dying to be Free is Mm -hmm. the title, and it's a healing guide for families after suicide. So I had listened to it. over the years, you know, to try to just make sense of it and try to familiarize myself with what other people might be feeling because it's like, you know, you're, you're not the only one that because it's such a high statistic. And she talks about these statistics in the books and like I'm a numbers guy, so numbers made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can, I can wrap my head around it better, try to understand the why, you know. And, and the struggle for me was the volcano of life as a young male and that was my glass was full so like a heat-seeking missile whoever just happened to get in the flight path by total accident got got the horns the explosion came out on them Mm -hmm. and it wasn't their fault you know it was 
supervisors, it was coworkers, it was strangers. It didn't matter because I didn't. I wasn't dealing with it. Mm-hmm. I was looking. You know, part of the grieving is blame, and mm-hmm. somebody somebody needed to answer, and I couldn't talk. On on that day, because I was an EMT, as his last phone call to um, my mother, which is his sister, um, he ended up taking his life, but he was trying to make the phone calls to say his goodbyes. And being a problem solver for my, my job, my day job is rapid decision-making and problem-solving and then reassess. Right. So I knew through the EMT book that I, I, there was a hotline, and I had a smartphone of its time. It was, I wasn't an iPhone yet, but I knew I could Google, you know, because I, I never had felt that way. It doesn't mean, you know, I, I knew about it, but it wasn't, didn't apply to me, so I didn't have it. So I Googled it, and I got on the suicide prevention hotline, whatever came up on Google. I couldn't tell you now. And uh, it, it goes to your direct area. But I knew he had moved to Pennsylvania, and they bounced me from center to center until I got to the police department in his county. Because how we have, like, cities on the East Coast, everything's county, you know, and in the South, it's county, I guess. So I got to their county, and I explained to them where he was, just based on the information he had told us. And it was already too late, but I did everything I thought I could. Mm -hmm. And... uh Unfortunately, they arrived and it was too late. But so I deal. I dealt with that. You know what? Could, what could I have done more? So that struggle was hard. So I I also have a lot of admiration for yourself for being brave enough to do what you do. So it's hard. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the grieving for suicide survivors is is really different than regular grieving. No, oh, yeah. It's, um, like he says, it's um, a lot of blame guilt like why didn't I see it especially me as a mother it's like I have heard some comments people like you as a mother how come you didn't see it and it's like things people say to you too it's like um I just didn't see it you know Uh, he was moody but he was 20 when you know who who is not mad at the world when you're a teenager or whatever Um, so that's one sign that now I communicate to parents and people like if they're moody, just ask the question, you know, ask them if they're depressed. And if they say yes, ask them if they're thinking about suicide. If they say yes, then ask them how, how they thought about doing it, how, and just keep going. Mm. And if they say yes to those, then it's time to get someone. But it's just different and it's, it's hard and um, it's something that is going to be with us until I think until we die. Yeah. And they say, Oh, you know, give it time. I've never believed in that because mm-hmm. time, time just, you just stack more on to your mind. Right. But the, the, it's always there. It's a part of you. And if I think people lack the empathy as I did as a young man, cause I wasn't exposed to it. Until it happens to you, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Until you've felt that feel, you can experience loss. Right. But a loss like that is a different. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it's if somebody says that, they probably don't mean it rudely. But like when I even when I heard her talking like that, I immediately like like defensive for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't do that. Right. No. <laughs> yes. You know? Please. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's I mean, like, no. You know, I've always said this. Like when people like w- will tell you. 
I'm sorry, I understand. It's like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. Like, there's no, I, mean, I get the I'm sorry part, but never tell someone you understand because there's no way you can understand if you ain't been in their shoes. Right. Like, right. I, I had a conversation earlier, actually, today with another uh, friend, and we were talking about because she also lost her daughter by suicide. And <clears throat> I always tell people, the best thing you can say is, I have no words, mm-hmm. and I'm here. And that's it. You know, you don't really have to say anything else because, yeah, I know you meant well, but right. some comments, you know, is is more hurtful. Like, like I always get the comment too. Yesterday, somebody said to me, um, "Oh, if it was me, I'd be on drugs or I'd be on the hospital." And I'm like, and I told her finally, said, "You know what? When reality hits, it's different." Yeah. But but when people say things like that, that makes me feel like I'm, I didn't love my son enough because right. I'm not in drugs or in a couch or, you know. Right. But it's, it's just, just say there's no words and then you're there for them. That's all. Mm-hmm. Because the grieving is another thing that people don't want to talk about. And I lost friends that I have for many, many years because either they don't know what to say to me or they don't want to be around my sadness and things like that. So I just, just another and stigma. Did, didn't you just do a, a grieving program yeah uh, yeah i have a yeah i i do it every wednesday okay. i have in spanish one week english and another and it's at the chimboli mm-hmm. uh for 30 to 6 30 because i i was feeling so lost that i had no too much support so i got certified with glendale Adventist hospital as a facilitator so that's what i do now um because there's it needs to be talked about too mm-hmm. grief it's just you know, people don't like to be around sadness, so they don't want to hear about sadness. They just want to hear about success and happiness, and the life is not like that, unfortunately. Now, is that open to any type of grief? Yeah, any type. Mm-hmm. I haven't really, I didn't want to close it out just to suicide, so mm-hmm. any type. Um, and people are, are asking me about teenagers, which I'm going to see if I can do that, you know, for kids. Because I had, I had a friend of mine, um, and I kind of, talking to you earlier about this um, before you called and I had to go downstairs and get you. Um, she was just in the hospital a few days ago and um, she lost her daughter and her grandson about a year and a half ago in a tragic car. It was just a car. It was, well, I'm not going to say it just, it was a car accident, but they both got killed in a car accident. And uh, it, she was in the hospital a couple of days ago and she's, when she got home, I, I you know, I called her and asked her if she was okay. And, you know, she said, yeah, you know, I'm still here. And I said, well, yeah, you, you have a purpose. Like, and she, so she's still struggling. I mean, it's only mm-hmm. been a year and a half, so she's still struggling. I mean, and the way they died was just, it was horrible. Um, and um, I had told her about you. And um, so I kind of want to, I want to give her the information for that because she is still struggling. Like, she, she's struggling so bad. Um, so when she was in the hospital, you know, she was just like, you know, and I told her, I said, hey, look. You're still here every day that you wake up. That means, you know, God has a purpose for you. You're here. You, you just got to find that path and that purpose. And she knows that. And she and she's actually trying to start a foundation. Oh, well, I'm not going to say trying to because she did, but she's oh, trying God. to really put it together. Like I actually did the, the, the logo for her because um, I'm trying to help her uh, with her the business side of it. Um, oh, I would love to I talk to her and want, whatever support I can also yeah. bring her by the foundation. I have that flyer at uh, You Are Enough Foundation on Instagram, so okay. I always post there. It's every week. Mm-hmm. This coming this week was Spanish. Next week, uh, November nine is going to be English. Okay. So I do both. 
Yeah, I'm gonna definitely send her your way and put you in contact because I told her I was gonna put her in contact with you. Oh, okay, so I yeah, told her kind you of know. your story and I told her that I was um, I admired you for your strength and what you're doing for the community and everybody. And I told her I said maybe you need to con- you know can con- connect with um, Jacqueline because you have a story and you have a passion because mm-hmm. you're here. So you know maybe you guys can do something together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yes, I would love Absolutely. to talk to her. Yes. I think you you hit on something there that we could talk about is uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. Suicide mm-hmm. is trauma, right? Trauma to the one the survivors, but like that situation where it's a, it's the, the sudden the, mm-hmm. the rapid loss is hard. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarity in trauma for that and the survivors. So a lot of people could find a lot of good help in that community and what Jacqueline's offering because mm-hmm. it's tough. Yeah. Tough for everybody, that part of life that was rarely talked about because of the stigmas and the vulnerability and you know. So reach out. Don't don't hesitate. Mm-hmm. There there are people, you matter. There's I know in the veteran, my my uncle is also a veteran and uh I guess I, nothing's really confirmed. It had to do with something he just, you know, was exposed to in, in the military and not like that. It, but it could have been cumulative. That was never, you know, it was compartmentalized, like, you know, the tough guy mentality. Right. And then life happened. And, you know, things didn't go according to the way he wanted them to go. And, you know, we're all struggling with something, and he failed to reach out. Right. You know, so I, yeah. I just... Can't stress it enough, no matter male, female, whatever. If you're struggling, just make the effort. You know, somebody cares. We care. There's somebody out there in in your immediate, somebody you you've talked with. They care. So, don't hesitate. And now it's so easy. We have the nine eight eight. So it made it easier be- before. It was the eight hundred five five four seven 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 one. But now it's um. 988 is easier, and the text line too, 741-741, in Spanish and English for both. Mm-hmm. So, No, I mean, it, and, and you're right. Um, people, there are people out there that care. There's a lot of people out there. You, you be, people will be surprised on how many, how many people out there that actually cares. Um, but I think it, it, it's still with, you know, like the conversation I had last week with both of the Diana. I had two Dianas on the show last week. <laughs> but, you know, my Diana yeah. and, and your Diana. Um, and we was kind of talking about that, about how it goes back to what I was saying earlier about how some people just don't want to put a burden on nobody, you know. But like you said, there, there's people that care. There's people that will talk to you. And as far as, like, kids, like our own kids, I know – they don't ever want to talk to our parents. So, you know, right, and, and right. so that's normal. Like, so mm-hmm. we can't expect our kids to tell us everything because, I mean, right. we did. I didn't tell my parents everything, right? right. Or, or my, my grandmother used to say, you know. So we're not going to see those signs immediately, you know, because kids, they, they, they would rather talk to a stranger before they talk to us. Not, I know in your situation, like oh, yeah. your son talked to his friend. Yeah, they right? show, and like I tell parents too, like, um, you don't know your son or your daughter, and right. they get mad. And I'm like, just like you have a face for work, right. and a face for your friends, and for your love, for your partner, they have a face for you. And yeah. you know, so 
I'm sorry, but you don't. You don't mm-hmm. know your kid. No matter you know? how close yeah. you think you are with them, yeah, you don't. Yeah, because they choose. The right people. Right, yeah. they choose what to share. And right. uh, my only advice would be try to talk to your kids' friends. Mm-hmm. You know, because my, in my case, Eric had mentioned to his best friend. And if he would have mentioned it to me or to his mom or something, maybe, I don't know if the story would have changed, but at least right. I would have done something maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, just... Just talk to their friends. That's the better, the only advice I can give you. Right. You know, I mean, you know, for me, you know, I, I got I got two kids, and my daughter's twenty, and my son's twenty five, and I just, even though they don't, they they talk to their mother more than they communicate with me. I mean, they communicate with me, but mm-hmm. for her, they open up more to her. But even sometimes with her, you know, I got I don't believe we know everything. Yeah, and I'm okay with that because I know that's normal. Um, all, all, I, all I can do is just be the best dad I can and, and can try to continue the conversation. Like, I'm always constantly talking, trying to talk to them, you know. And if they open up, they open up, you know. But at least they – I think my kids know that I'm there if they really need to talk. And I think they know that if they ever do need to talk to somebody, I got brothers, sisters, they got uncles, they got their grandparents. I think and – I, and I told them this one day, you don't have to talk to me. But no, someone in our family, you can always call. Mm-hmm. You can call my nephew. You can call my brother, my sister. You can call your granddad. Like, stay. I think we really instilled in them that there is somebody you can call. You don't have to call me or mom. Because I know that's hard sometimes for kids to talk mm-hmm. to their parents. And I've always taught them, like, you don't have to come to me. But go talk to them. Go talk to somebody. I don't care who it is. Go talk to somebody. Well, that's that's what's hard. I know, and I'm a I'm a dad now, and that's why her story just really hit it hard. And thinking, like I, I can't even imagine. Right. Know? So, trying to be there and be the receptacle for that, and and thinking you're doing the best, and and people to to judge your situation, they have no idea. Right. Yeah. Know? So, they're only going to let you in on what they they're mm-hmm. allowing. Right. You know. So. In, in fear because they don't want to fail you or your your values or your your beliefs because they if they were good at masking it up into the point you don't think if they were confronted by somebody that they really cherish and value that they wouldn't mask it again right you know so they're not oh no mom i would never mom right you know that could be the karma okay well i'm just checking on you honey you know and you think you're doing the best and you know it's try to lead by the example and give them the avenues but if they're struggling and you just don't recognize it it's nobody's fault the blame the blame game is hard because society already does it and then it's it, if the path of least resistance is to go against the grain mm-hmm. you know it's, it's harder mm-hmm. so what what are you going to pass judgment before understanding and they say walk a mile in somebody's shoes right think of it from yeah. there that true empathy because if you if it happened to you, you could say all the things you would coulda woulda shoulda and done, but until it happens to you, you don't have a clue. I have no idea. Nope. No. That's the sad thing. Yeah. You know, and even in, like you said, close friends. You know, the the judgment of you know, you know the the selfish comments. That how selfish. Oh uh, yeah. Do you know? Do you know what they were going through? Right. You know, you have no idea. So. If you have those comments or those feelings, by my, I mean, you can have whatever you want. It's a free country. 
you don't have the right to disrespect somebody going through it though. Absolutely. So respect those boundaries and, and have that empathy. And like Jacqueline was saying, you know, if you don't have the word, just I'm here for you. I, I don't know, but I'm here. Because right. that was huge for me because I started to open up about it and not just harbor it and try to you know, fist fight the world. It's not, it's not worth it. You know, you can end up going on a, a wrong path that it's truly not who I am. But mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, the slides in my life would say it happened to me, but it doesn't identify me, Right. Mm-hmm. you know. But I do want to be a positive in another way and like this opportunity. So thank you both for that. But... If it helps somebody someday, somewhere, you know, years down the road, somebody listens and it changes the way they felt. Because they talk about the people who've survived and they have the light bulb effect Mm. where it just changed. They no longer feel that kind of way. And they started living life to the fullest, started doing things to change the mindset, the mindset, your playbook and everything like that. I, I do listen to a lot of the podcasts here. You do, yeah, I appreciate and, uh, it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I do believe in that, you know. But twenty year old me, probably, I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll download it, but I'll, I'll I'll just do it when I have time. But make it, you know, make the time for the things that you value, mm-hmm. including the ones that are in your life. And if those feelings, I can I, I probably sound like a broken record, but I just can't express it enough that if those feelings are inside of you and you're bottling them up. Tell somebody, and and if you're a friend, like what happened to Eric, don't hide it. Don't be sworn to the mm-hmm. secrecy, because if somebody truly did tell you that they've thought about it, if they've told you the down to the detail, that means that it's planned. Right. They run the scenarios, and don't take it lightly. Because somebody, you know, even even joking about it, if right. somebody hints at it, you know, mm-hmm. take right. it serious. Because you know, like. All the signs that you know that you didn't know in the hindsight being twenty twenty, take it serious. Right. You know, tell tell your friends' parents, tell tell your friends' loved ones, tell their parents, tell whoever will listen. Hey, I said something they they don't normally talk like that. You know, mm-hmm. and you know if you want to if you want to change, then make the effort. Even if it doesn't feel like you you have it in you, it's in you. You have purpose. You do matter. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I I do that a lot now because um, I've I've always thought that I was um, a very good judge of character. And the one thing that I, I know that I was good at, I watch people's patterns. And even like when I'm out and I see a friend of mine, um, and I and I just recently had this experience where they were just drinking excessively, like more than normal. And I had, had to ask them, like, you okay? Like, you need to talk. Even though they were drunk, but the next day I still followed up with them, like, hey, you okay? You good? Like, I, I pay attention to patterns now. And if someone does something out of out of character, you know, I always try to, like, reach out to them and ask them, like, are they okay? Like you said earlier, Chris, sometimes people, they just need an ear. They just want somebody to listen to them. You don't have to say much. Sometimes people just want to be heard. And that's powerful because they just want to be heard and, and, you know, and understood too. But most importantly, they just want to be heard. Right. Yeah. And Beverly Cobain's book, she talks about almost committing suicide herself after. Mm. And she explains in great detail. And all she wanted was somebody to call her. It would have changed her mind. Mm-hmm. And somebody called her. Wow. You know, just the stars aligning, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. And, 
so it changed, you know, the next, you know, then she, the light bulb effect went on for her, and she talks about it changing her whole mindset and feelings. She, and then in the moment of the buildup to that, she wasn't thinking about her kids, right. her mm-hmm. loved ones. And, and I was listening to that book and made me think of that, you know, that when my uncle uh, died by suicide, he wasn't thinking immediately until after. You know, obviously, it wasn't it wasn't in the forefront of his mind. Right. You know, that's so true. Because people had told me that, like, I can't believe he didn't think about you or his sister. And I, I look at them and I'm like, because he was sick. Like right. you and me are not gonna think or do that because we're not sick. Right. And it's a sickness in the brain that we need sometimes medication. You know, and the brain doesn't stop developing until you're 26. So a lot of suicides also happen when they're young, you know. Um, but that's a, um, another concept that people always always say that too. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what's next for you? Oh, I have a lot of plans. Hopefully in September is Suicide Prevention Month, so hopefully I want to do an event to bring resources and do kind of an event. I want to do a Mother's Day or grieving moms to mm. May and the walk, and we'll see what else um, I can do with the foundation. But my bigger, bigger, bigger goal is to have a facility where I can provide therapy for low income or no charge for for people okay. to bring therapy. That's that's the main goal of the foundation. Hopefully, in the future. Oh, what happened? Yeah, Thank I know you. what happened. I, I I can feel it. I can feel your energy. Yeah, Thank you're you. definitely gonna make that happen. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tap truck six six one will probably be there and, and support. And oh. Probably, probably won't be bringing alcohol to those. But I uh, was gonna say <laughs> it's, it's it's known as a, a downer. You know, everybody's right. always happy to see us at a party, but uh, for those events, that'll probably be you know something more on the milder side with non-alcohol right. and just showing support. You know, no, to the community. So thank we, you. We definitely want to be a part. Please reach out. Chris, yeah, I will. Well, we, we talked about that on the last show you was here. I think Diana said if you go out to the schools or something, you could just fill it up, fill it up with Kool-Aid or something. That's the great thing about uh-huh. your truck. Yeah. You can fill it up with anything. It's, it's, it's an open platform. It could do yeah. anything. Cool. Right, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're in talks right now with uh, doing something at a school with hot cocoa. And, and see, oh. and that's yeah. and see, that's that's cool for like a truck to come up and they can mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not alcohol, but yeah. it's just something different yeah. for kids. Like yeah. kids love stuff like that. Yeah. That's that's what's gonna be, and we're gonna as we you know as we grow, we want to also be a, a, a positive light in the community as well. Right. You know, we're we're not just sideline; we're, we're we're players, and we want to mm. get in and help and do. Even if we're we're spread thin, we're still gonna continue to do. Mm. That's something that we strive to do with uh, this company, you know, with me at the forefront. That's what's gonna happen. Right. No, that's great. I mean, I, I can see amazing things happening with that. Yeah. So. So, I thank you guys for joining me thank again. Thank you. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. Um, and I, I know you said you want to do something for the holidays, right? Uh, yeah, I want. I'm I'm thinking about what to do for the holidays. Um, I know we're gonna be at the parade on December 10th. Okay, it's yeah. gonna be a parade, but maybe I'll do something bef- after that. Mm-hmm. You know, for mental health. Okay. No, yeah, absolutely. Because I know it's a month where a lot of people, yeah, get more depressed. You know. So. No, I mean it's true, and you know, for for me, for the holidays, um, the last three years, 
you know, I spent Thanksgiving and Christmas by myself because I don't have, I've been living by myself in single for the last three years. And so even though I love Christmas and Thanksgiving, like even like Halloween was my um, second wife's favorite, you know, holiday. So for her, you know, and me not being with my family on the last three holidays was kind of rough. I mean, I got through it, though. Um, but it was sad because I love the holidays. I love family, you know. Um, so, but I'm getting through it. Yeah. So, but I know a lot of people, um, they struggle more. So I don't, I don't want to minimize that. Um, so I'm definitely going to be doing something as well. And um, I definitely want to have you back, like I told you earlier, um, next month. Perfect. Yes. With Diana. Thank you. Because me and Diana already we already put that in the books. Okay. Perfect. So you're back and we can continue these conversations. I appreciate it. Thank you. Chris Summers, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you opening up for your conversations. I mean, um, these conversations are great and you just never know. Like I always say, you never know what word, what story, or just giving someone a thought could do to change their lives. You never know. Normalize, you know. Tough yeah. guys can have hard conversations. Mm-hmm. No, it's absolutely. okay to be vulnerable. 100%. So I appreciate you for taking the time out your schedule. I, I appreciate you. your service and everything that you Thank do. You for that. Um, Thank you. And, you know, I never knew, to be honest with you, when you when you told me the story about the um, first offenders, I mean, just never thought that they would go through something like that because they're always helping us, right? Mm. But it is true. I mean, they see some things that, you know, it's yeah. in your mind, and it's, I, I, can't even, I can't even imagine how hard it can be. Um, post-traumatic stress yeah. is a serious thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't aware of it till later in my life that, you know, that maybe I could be struggling with it. And, you know, normalizing, right. you know, even to coworkers or anybody that knows me, you know, I'm, I'm as transparent as they get. And right. I, I tell everybody therapy is not a bad thing. Right. You know, it took me a long time to get past my own mental stigmas and accept that everybody, even the toughest, uh, if you're the, you think you're the toughest guy, you're not. You're just as vulnerable as anybody else. Or no. the toughest mm-hmm. lady, you're still vulnerable. And you know, but like you said, you know, um, we're all human, right? And, and, and like as I said, we never thought that first responders go through things like that because they're always helping us, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, we're all human. Like, so, wow, thank you for coming on here and Appreciate sharing that. And, and both and of you, thanks. Thank you. We're definitely going to have more, more of those conversations as well because they need it, and, and those are the conversations that need to be held at, had as well. You yeah. know, first responders, we got to keep them in our prayers, and they go through the same things we all go through. Mm-hmm. Even worse because they yeah. see more than we do, right. you know. So, yeah. Absolutely. So um, what, where, can they, where can they find you at? Uh, you are in our foundation on Instagram mm-hmm. and also Facebook. And okay. also the website is uh, you are in our foundation.org. Okay. And then your weekly. Then the grief support. Is yeah, it's uh, every Wednesday from 430 to 630. Okay. And I it on, um, on Instagram and Facebook, the dates, and um, I have a flyer for each week. Okay. Mm-hmm. So definitely you guys check that out. And for Tap Truck 661. Yes. <laughs> I'm there. It, it goes right to me, and then our website is uh, six six one or no tap truck six six one dot com, and our email six six one tap truck at gmail. All right. so Any social media? No, yeah, yeah. yeah I do. Okay. I, I'm on Instagram, uh, tap truck six six one, Facebook, and TikTok. I, I think I'm showing my age because I'm not a very good TikTok. <laughs> oh, me neither. I'm do. <laughs> I started, but I'm not. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be good, so don't judge me. <laughs> 
But uh, Instagram is kind of where we jam. But you know what I, I what I, I told because uh, when I had Darlene on here the other last last week oh, or yeah. two weeks ago, uh-huh. I was just telling her because she she wasn't on TikTok. But what I do is I just make one post and I put it across all platforms. Smart. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I don't make I different posts for each, each platform. <laughs> See, so I think that's what you're trying to do. Like you're trying yeah. to do it to take. Nah, I'm like, nah, I'll do that. I do one. Well, thing. I, I've <laughs> done that too, where I try to get them all in, and then I'm like, oh, I got one, two, and. I'm done for today. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of work, yeah. too. It is a lot of work. Um, but, yeah, I, d- I just do one post, and I put it on all platforms. I even put, like, I put this show on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You just never know, because I got a huge following over there. Um, you just never know who's going to need true. it. So that's true. I mean, that's what my platform is, is for. So, like, like I was telling somebody this morning, you know, you either you rock with me or don't. You know, I'm putting out the information and having the conversations, and I'm going to put them out on all my platforms. I mean, I got a huge following, so I'm, I think somebody's listening. Yeah. Yes, so, yes. Because so. you never know, one day somebody might need it, like you said. Yes. Yep. It's, it, all this is timeless. Like Diana keeps saying, it's timeless. So mm-hmm. you never is. know. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. Well, I'm out. Um, thank you guys again. I truly appreciate you. And until next time. Thank you. We're out. Thank, thank you. you.